Welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. We are your hosts of the show, Karen and Kelly Sarlow. Whether you're struggling with grief or you just need answers, we connect you with spirit to find relief, clarity, and direction in life. We can help you move forward. Good morning, Kelly. Hi. Now, I understand that you have a sore throat and some swollen glands this morning and that it might be a little bit of a different show for people because you have a little bit more difficulty speaking. So maybe we can put that out there first. Mm -hmm. Um, Just in case people notice that I'm doing most of the chit-chatting today. I'm not in a bad mood. No. (laughs) I'm not withholding. That's right. You're just fatigued and sore. Okay, so um, this, this podcast is about a female client. So the very first thing I'll do is maybe what I'll do today is make up a name for her so you don't have to, and we'll call her Barb. At the very beginning of Barb's session, which is by Zoom so we can see each other, um, she asks me for an open session, but basically says at the very beginning, because my whole life is a mess and you can see that she is distressed. She is crying. Um, She has Kleenex with her. Like, you can see the box, and you can see that she's, you know, just call it just basically distressed, and says to me, can I do this in such a way that um, I'm not going to give you information, but say my life is a mess in a whole bunch of areas, and that if you can speak to the guides, and they can give me some answers to help me understand why my life is in such a freaking mess, great and then if I need to ask some questions, then I'll jump in and I'll, I'll ask something. She says, but I need a ton of help. So the guides begin by allowing me to um, see and feel and have inner knowings. And they bring me to her childhood. And they, they show, um, I'll say chaos in the home. They show several brothers and sisters. And... Chaos meaning to Kelly, not just that it's um, a busy home because there are siblings. That doesn't mean it has to be. I mean, that's got its own chaos just because it's busyness, right? But there's chaos because there's lack of communication. There's um, punishment in the home that doesn't warrant. Fit the crime. Yeah, that's a better expression. Doesn't fit the crime. And there's abuse in the home. And abuse never is appropriate for any crime. So you can see that the parents are struggling with their own abilities to have actual healthy tools to parent. And as a result, all of the children are not doing well. But when I tell her that, she kind of sits there and goes, well, it was just a big family and it was just, you know, there, sure there was chaos, but she tries to explain it away. She tries to give her parents an out by saying, well, it's just really busy yada yada like just that kind of stuff and the guides go no uh, watch and so I watch and what happens is is that when her needs are not being met when she feels like her parents aren't there for her or that things aren't fair she runs away from home and so I brought that up and I said well I said it doesn't make any sense to you that the guides are saying that you actually run away from home several times and she goes Huh? And and you can see her total shock. So I thought maybe I had it wrong at first. And she goes, I did run away from home. How did I just forget that I ran away from home? And I said, well, 
I said, the guys are showing that you ran away from home for a variety of reasons. Some because you just felt there was chaos. And you just felt like the parents weren't handling it at all. So sometimes they just weren't there to handle it. At other times, they handle it, but you're punished along with all the other children for shit you didn't even do. And I said, so there really is a lack of understanding why you are punished. And I said, sometimes they do punish you for something that you did do, but it doesn't fit. Where you should have just been spoken to, you actually get punished because, like, in other ways that aren't appropriate. And she says, yeah, she says, that's, that's very true. And I said, and then as you become older, like, you know, 10, 11, 12, and into your teen years, the running away continues. And what they're showing me is that your dad never comes to get you. He, he's never the one that um, shows up and picks you up or discusses any of it with you. He's just, he doesn't even bring it up other than punishment. You get punishment from dad. And I said, but your mom is the one that always goes and finds you. She's the one that talks to you. But the way she talks to you is, well, now your dad's going to say this and he's going to do that, but you know you deserve it because you did this. So mom, mom defends dad's punishments and she, I'll say she, she goes along with them. But mom is the only person that chases her. And I said that. And she went, okay. And she goes, I don't know about chasing. She goes, my mom came and got me. She goes, I don't see that as chasing me. And I, I just thought, okay, I'm just going to leave that be. Because at times in her session, her emotions change and she becomes angry. Angry or humiliated? Well, Kelly, it, I'm going to say both, and you see it at different points for different issues through the entire session, and it's, it's, um, it's a challenging session for me. And I know that it's a challenging session for her because her emotions during the entire session really vacillate quickly. So she can go into laughing, she can go into complete denial, like... And they'll, everyone's going to hear that just as we talk about it. But her moods change very quickly. Well, she sounds like she's as dysregulated as the actual circumstances were in her home. And that's part of what comes up in the session that the guides say to her. But that doesn't come through till the, till the end of the session. That they talk to her about the dysregulated feelings and why they showed mom and dad both with, both with dysregulated feelings siblings with them as well because of just all of the chaos in the home that they all have it but because it's their norm and they all experience it she just figures everybody does so she brushes it off so when people bring it up to her like her friends like that's that's shitty behavior she dismisses what they say and she will walk away from the friend and not talk to them for a while and then the friend has to reach out to her, hence the chase, to go get her. And the friend group becomes aware of this over time, but it takes, it takes a lot of years for the friends to figure out and say, well, who's going to go get her this time? 
And eventually, the friend group picks one person who's going to go get her all the time. Sound familiar? And the spirit guides have to point this out to her, that one of the areas in life that she's calling a shit show is with all of her siblings. And one of the areas in life that she's calling a shit show is with all of her friends. But she thinks it's a shit show when her friends call her out on her behavior. She thinks it's a shit show when her siblings call her out on her behavior. And then, consistently, we have mom who continues to this day to still go and rescue her. And we have one female friend in the group that continues to rescue her. So then I said to the guides, oh my goodness, you have got to tell me, does she work in a work environment that has at least one woman? And does she rescue her? And they said, of course. So we see an, a pattern, which I think is phenomenal the way the guides totally presented this to me to be able to pull out, imagine out of all of her life, Kelly, the spirit guides grabbing that particular pattern and bringing it forward to, to us to say, hey, here, so that she can sit down in one one-hour session and have somebody point out that in every aspect of her life, she has a female that chases her, that tries to rescue her, that says, what's wrong? Who hurt you? Um, how do we fix this? What do you need? Why, why are you saying imagine? You're, you're, mm. We're doing it as mm. you're telling the story. Right. Yeah, I guess I find, uh, yes, and it's every day and it's every single session, so I shouldn't find it difficult to imagine. I think maybe what I, I'm blown away all the time by the, by the amazement, by the beauty, by the intelligence of the universe to help us, and also by the gifts that the spirit guides are able to do this for us, so that we are able to pull all of this information in with such accuracy um, to give it to her. Yeah, I think you need to give our listeners more credit. Yeah. They, they tune in every week yeah. in order to imagine how much, not just imagine, here. They've accepted how mm-hmm. much the other side loves us. Mm-hmm. They are not imagining our listeners are now living this way. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Thank you for the correction. And then the guides show me um, her uh, personal relationships with men. And this is a place where the girlfriends are still in that role of being the ones to chase her, to say, um, what are you doing? Why are you behaving this way? Like that one girlfriend is still doing that in that role. That girlfriend needs to be in her codependent book club. Oh, she sure does. Yeah, she needs codependent no more by by Melody Beattie, Mm -hmm. without a doubt. Actually, all of the girlfriends do. All of them do. Um, but if I move to that little um, situation now, Kelly, um, they what they show here is really difficult. So I'm going to preface it by saying that first. So, um, And if anybody's listening and doesn't want to hear about abuse in relationships, there's your warning. Um, but what she does is she really swings in her moods 
with everybody, of course, because we're hearing about all of this dysregulation her whole life. But in particular with men, she goes from extremely snuggly, love you, um, let's, you know, let's have fun, let's watch a movie, let's do what you want, people pleasing to snapping, like in two seconds, to go into an absolute rage of that's not what I said I wanted. And um, uh, yelling, screaming, and if we, yes, I believe so. And uh, totally losing her shit on them, to striking them, pushing them, punching them, shoving them. And then the guide said to me, before you continue, before you say all of this, we want to point out that she has a belief about men, that they cannot hit women. She has this belief, but it makes no sense because her father hit her. Her father hit all the boys, all the girls, and so did the mother. And we don't understand why she now has this belief because it isn't, it doesn't go with her past. But she currently will say to, to her partners, you can't hit a woman. You know you'll go to jail. But she picks a lot of male partners that are in, um, what do you call it? Judo, karate, boxing, UFC. She picks like men. Guys. Yeah. She picks men that are really um, uh, muscular. You're, but also, you're also talking about being skilled. Yes. Thank you. I was going to say super skilled. Which is really interesting because when I say skilled, I actually mean um, very aware of how to exercise the right amount of control with your power. She brings this up. What you said. Oh my God. So I, I said this part to her and before I could even finish saying what the guides were saying about her beliefs around that, that is exactly what she told me. She goes, well, yeah, she goes, because she goes, I can punch them and I can push them and I can kick them and I can slap them, but they know exactly how to restrain me. And I count on that. Mm -hmm. She says, and so they'll hold me, but I, I don't ever get bruises or anything. Well, because they would know exactly how, to, well, she's saying restrain, like how to block a hit or an attack yeah. and fend them off because in the in a lot of those things that you're talking about the point isn't to hit the partner uh, aside from boxing right mm -hmm. um, in the martial arts it's not about um, exercising abusive power it's about restraint in your power mm -hmm. so she she continues this conversation to say to me oh yeah I do and she says and she's laughing <laughs> She's laughing, huh? And I and I pick these guys, you know. She's and she's like, there's this kind of laugh, and I'm not laughing. And then she sees that I'm not laughing, and and this is where you said earlier, and also humiliation. I think anger is the expression of the experience of humiliation. I don't actually, you know, we talk about the emotional wheel and how fast our emotions shift, right? Mm -hmm. And if anyone is disconnecting from this example. You walk into a room and your friends all jump out and say, surprise, mm. like you're shocked. And then you go to a lot of different feelings very, very quickly within a couple seconds, right? Mm -hmm. We can all understand how we go from surprised or shocked to excited or elated or anxious or whatever it is that we feel in social situations. This is an example of where 
when we register that someone else has clocked that our situation is not okay, mm-hmm. where we feel humiliation and then immediately go into, I have to express another emotion so I don't look vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the guides discuss all of this with her and she is quite um, willing to say, uh, to acknowledge that she hits, that she punches and that it actually is full out abuse. And, um, and then she says, why for do I do that, Karen? And that's her expression quite often is why for do I do that? And this comes back to childhood again, where this expression starts in childhood. And it was, re- it was really neat because she said it and the guides went, that's her expression. She learned that as a kid. And I said, where, where did she learn that? And she said, oh, well, she started that around three or four years old. Why for did I do that? And when she's super stressed, she says it again. So this is your cue. She's done with you. <laughs> you have to watch everything you say at this point because she can go into an act or like all out verbal attack on you now. I totally so appreciated that moment. Mm-hmm. And so I said, am I supposed to bring up and discuss this expression with her? And they said, you could bring it up to say to her that it starts in childhood. But what we want to say to her at this point is that she's currently in a relationship with a man who she has repetitively abused, who grew up with parents who abused him. So he's tolerating it, but he's got siblings that are all getting help and they're not tolerating it. And they are now aware of how she's treating him. So they are with him and they are rallying around him that he's not going to go back to her. They are going to get him help. They are going to push for the help for the rehab, whatever, like all of this stuff. He's not coming back. And what she really wants to know is, um, is if he's going to come back. Because she has no intention of getting help so long as she has him coming back or men who will tolerate her abuse. But what she needs to be told is that he's not coming back that she, and that she needs to go to therapy and that she needs somebody that can help her. And I, I specifically said to them, because I was curious at this point from watching her behavior as a human being over Zoom, but also hearing about the behavior from childhood. I was curious that it was bipolar. But I, I don't have the ability to know that or, no. or not know it, but like to diagnose it or anything. Mm-hmm. But I was curious And I said to the guides, I'm not going to say anything, even if she asks me, but is it something that's like bipolar? And they said yes. So I repeated the information without saying that the guides said it was bipolar to her and that it was time for her to go to therapy and that the guides were suggesting to her that she not be in a relationship with any man and that she take time away from her friend group on her own terms this time, not in in a way of running so that they chase her, but simply approaching her friends and saying, I recognize that I run and that 
I'm always expecting one of you to chase me. And I want this guy to chase me. And I expect my mom to chase me. And I have a pattern of my very dysregulated emotions. And I run and I disappear. And I, I run away from home again, so to speak, in all of these different relationships. And that guides mentioned that she did it in jobs as well. Hmm. But she calls it sick leave. And... I asked her that. I said, do you have a habit of taking sick leave? Do you have a habit of going to the, your medical doctor and saying that you have X, Y, and Z or that it's stress? And that you, And she goes, yeah, I've had several sick leaves for stress. That's true. She says, I do. And recently, her medical doctor has started giving her medication that he, he believes is appropriate for this. For what? Well... She's lying. She's saying that people are doing certain things to her. So he's giving her like an antidepressant, thinking that it's because she's being stressed out by everybody else's behavior. It's still not appropriate medication. I, I, just thank you. But that she's being told now that she's, first of all, she's lying to her doctor mm -hmm. and she's withholding information. So he's not able to do his job properly. And she just kind of sat there. And some of the looks she gives Kelly are really, um, I'm going to say like something. we should put our security cameras back up. Yeah, I'm going to say creepy looks. Um, but at other, and, and I hope that's the right word. It's just, things just aren't jiving, right? There's such disconnect. And then the, the guide suggests to her that she actually get in to see a psychologist or a psychiatrist who can actually help diagnose her and help regulate her with the proper medication. Um, and she didn't like that. Mm -hmm. she, she didn't want to hear about that at all, and she cried. And then I'm going to say, thankfully, to some degree, she chooses crying over explosiveness. And the guides say to me, you know, she's, you know, a hair away from the explosion, but we've got out what we've needed to say to her to be able to approach her friends to say, I'm not running away this time, I'm going to help. And they believe that the man is not going to return, so she doesn't need to contact him at all. And in fact, they tell her not to. They say to go to work to approach her female uh, boss to say, I'm going to see a psychiatrist. I'm having issues, I haven't been honest with you, but I am now getting the proper help. They tell her to see her medical doctor to say the same. I've been lying to you, I haven't given you all of the proper information, but I'm going to get the right help, and I'm sorry, because she's put that physician in an unhealthy situation. And then she's told to take a break from her own biological family while she's in therapy so that her therapist can actually help her understand where all of this is coming from and that she'll need a break from all of these people in her family so that she doesn't trigger any of them into trying to come to rescue her. Okay, so in less words, Karen is saying she needs to be in a recovery program. Yeah, and now there's one more little thing that comes at the very end of this. She says something to me like, so have you pieced it all together yet, Karen? Do you recognize me? Do you know me? And I'm like, what? I, I was so lost when she said that, Kelly. I just like, that just 
really threw me for a flip. I had no idea. And the I turned to the guides and I said, "She's on Zoom." Yeah, and and I said, "You know, she's saying this is her very first session. So what does she mean? Um, do I recognize her?" I said, "Like, I, I don't know yeah. her from my Keep personal on. life." I said, "I don't know what's going on." And then I see another woman there, but I don't recognize her either. Wait, see how? Um, in like your mind, clairvoyant, clairvoyant, yeah. And I don't recognize her either, though. But the guys are explaining to me that the person that I'm now seeing is her sister. And this is a client that I've had in the past. Obviously, if she's a client, I shouldn't have said in the past. Who called and what came up in her session was she wanted the contract between her and the sister. And that she was told to stop rescuing her sister, that she was chasing her sister like her mother, that she got trained that every time her sister took off or and just disappeared, that she would go find her sister and say, what's wrong? And can we be besties again? And so what I ended up finding out from Barb is that she, she says to me, well, Karen, she says, my sister came to see you, and she tells me her name. Now, that's not going to make any sense to anybody because of the way mm-hmm. all of these shows have been laid out. Um, but she tells me her sister's name. And I'm like, okay, but I don't even remember that session. And she goes, oh, well, my sister um, is, I guess, what you'd call one of the people that chases me. And comes and gets me because I give her the cold shoulder and I just stop talking to her. All I'm hearing is that she's been given consistent information. Yes. And Barb sounds like she's got, you know what, someone like has yeah. more information than you and feels like they're yeah. more powerful. Yep. It's like, okay, like that makes no difference to me. I've just given you both consistent pieces of information. Yeah. yeah. Now you know that this plan that the guides laid out for you is something that you need to do. Yeah. If, if you're going to get help, if you're going to get healthy. Yeah. And that is where this session comes to an end. Where she tells me this, which honestly, Kelly, like I said, I was just so it stunned. Flat. I just, <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to word that, Kelly, because that is exactly how I felt at the end of the session. Well, it's in, we're indifferent to it. Right? Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, great. Is mm-hmm. that, is that, is that what you're fixating on? Is that what your takeaway was from all of these beautiful life-saving messages? And that's exactly where she was. She was elated. She was like, ha ha, look, like her mood again completely did another shift. Well, and again, the fixation is on the wrong thing. Yeah. And the, the emotion is dysregulated and not um, congruent with the situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, really, that's how the session wrapped up, because we actually ran out of time. And then at the end of the session, she's just like, so, I'm her, I'm that sister. What was, what's it like to meet me now? Oh, so there's like, okay, I won't diagnose. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, 
it, it, it is interesting. And I'm, I'm hoping that by just telling this as a podcast today, um, that people listening to it might go, oh my God, I see pieces of this person. And that's not to say that listening to these shows means that you sit there and you diagnose your no, own. No, 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 no. No, we're just, we're trying to point out some things patterns, behaviors, right? Mm -hmm. Where we can say like this woman clearly has some executive functioning missing, mm -hmm. right? The judgment center of the brain to be able to know what's appropriate for different situations. I'm pointing to my frontal lobe um, yeah. so that you guys can draw parallels to your own life, not, not believe that you're psychologists. Yeah. And it's certainly not to uh, criticize her or to think I, that I thought she was crazy at the end. No, or you're making observations bad, yeah, and just channeling. Exactly. Yeah. Interesting. I, what I find really, really neat is that, you know, she was able to identify that life was a shit show. Mm -hmm. And there was enough trust and release of control. This is how I want to word it. Mm. That she said, generally speaking, this is what I need. I need help with my life. That's distressing. But there's enough trust to say, but I won't control the order in which the guides give it to you. And I won't control the what that the guides want to give to you. Like she really did start out the session with an openness mm -hmm. to hear what the guides had to say and how they wanted to care for her. Mm -hmm. It just sounded, and this might be an off day for her given the, the flippant moods, it just sounded like she wasn't able to go there uh, emotionally mm -hmm. um, to really process everything the guides were willing and able to offer her. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it's it's heartbreaking because you can hear in those moments how much hope there is that this person mm -hmm. can or could get this one day mm -hmm. um, and be in recovery, I'll say. I don't want to say be better, just move move towards more health, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, but how it disintegrated throughout the session and she just wasn't able to stay in that space. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And I mean, regardless, with, with, and this is another fascinating piece, actually, that I wanted to point out before I go take my nap, is that like, she, even in her disintegration, the guides were still able to lay out a plan for her. Mm -hmm. um, and if she bothered to record, which I would imagine she probably did not. She did. Oh, good. Mm -hmm. That on a better day, she might be able to play this back and hear the plan and just pick one thing that feels doable. And I think that's a benefit to most people who choose to record that you might sit in a half hour, an hour, a 90 minute session and be like, that was a lot. Mm -hmm. But the recording allows you to hear it back and go, I can start with this. This feels doable. Mm -hmm. um, and there you are the second that you decide to take an action or make an action. There you are walking alongside your guides with them. In, in efforts to help yourself while they say, and we're here for you. Mm -hmm. So as much as it was tough and, and kudos to you for getting through it um, in one piece, there was a lot that came out of that that could potentially help her if she can mm -hmm. get into a more regulated headspace. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think her key piece there is going to be, can she get herself into therapy with somebody who can really dig deeply with her and, and provide her with the medication and the skills, if it's brain mapping or whatever it's called, um, to actually help her with mm -hmm. all those parts of the brain that didn't get developed properly mm -hmm. because of the childhood. Yeah. Well, well done offering her day one. Mm -hmm. Thank you. 
Thanks for listening to Coffee with the Sarlos. If you enjoyed the show today, help spread the love with a like, share, or review of the podcast. See you next Saturday with a brand new episode.